0: Hey everybody, welcome in to another edition of Future Brew right here on Mazenbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon, Steven Ostentosky will not be with us this week, but we still have the one and only John Simmons, recruiting aficionado here at Mazenbrew.com. John, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well. June's right around the corner, getting ready to see some visitors on campus.
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking about that earlier today. It's funny you bring that up. And I was like, wow, it's May 17th already. As the time time and day that we're recording, May 17th. And I was like, man, we're getting close to uh, these visitors that we've been talking about getting to campus and checking stuff out. And we are just inching our way closer to that. So we're not going to talk about any visitors today, but just uh, general excitement uh, brewing here, Uh, at least for you and I, it sounds like I'm sure a lot of – the other michigan recruiting fans are are also ready to check out these kids on campus and see how it all goes uh, but today uh, we're going to kind of dive into something that we talked about a little bit last week but we'll break it down more for you today so last week um we discussed the departure of molinguist how it would impact the recruitments of these 2022 prospects uh, well, Jim Harbaugh probably thought about it very similarly because he went out and got really the next best guy, in my opinion, and that's Steve Klinkscale. Um, was coaching the corners at Kentucky the last several years, is known for his recruiting chops, has ties to the state of Michigan and to the state of Ohio. So he's it, it, pretty much an instant upgrade to Michigan's presence in both states. there obviously already have been doing well in the state of Michigan with guys like Ron Bellamy, Sharon Moore has been very good in the state as well, but getting clink scale, it's only going to help them that much more. Obviously you want to have a good presence in Ohio as well. So he's going to instantly upgrade Michigan's presence in Ohio and in Michigan. John, we talked about uh, last week about how clink was really the number one guy for the job and how this would be, a massive addition to the Michigan coaching staff. Mo linguist was also a very good hire. So given the circumstances of his departure to the university of Buffalo for the head coaching job that they had vacant, um, quite honestly, really don't think Michigan could have done much better here. Is that kind of how you feel as well?
1: Yeah, I think they did pretty well given the, the situation. I know you know, last week we were recording on Monday and uh, my closing comments were just to get it done early, as soon as possible. And I think he was already announced by the time our podcast posted. So I think they they really had a sense of urgency, which is going to help a lot and keep that continuation going. And I think uh, Klinkscale is going to do a good job uh, maintaining those relationships just because he's he's already um, been recruiting a lot of Michigan's top targets. So he already you know, has been talking with them. Um, He's, he's in the Midwest a lot. So I think he already has a good rapport with these guys and their families, which I think will definitely help that continuity a lot. And uh, we'll, we'll keep things patched up on that end.
0: Yeah. You bring up how speed uh, was a factor here, uh, how quick it was to get him on board. We talked about that last week a little bit too, about how, speed and how quickness here was going to be a necessity in getting this hire made whoever it ended up being whether it was Clink or somebody else didn't matter they had to do it quick and it took all of a week for Linguist to be officially named the head coach at Buffalo and for Clink to walk through the doors of Schenbeckler Hall so all in all really fast hire not much really had to be done I, in my opinion, I mean, I, I don't have any intel on this, but not, not really much had to be done other than the specifics within the contract. I, I, to me, it really just seemed like Harbaugh picked up the phone and there was just an in, instant uh, connection between him and Klink. Um, so he had the opportunity uh, in the contract um, to be the co-defensive coordinator in year two, if all goes well. So again, the speed, a very important, uh, important factor, in my opinion, as to why this is such a great hire, it didn't take much convincing really to get Clink on board. Uh, and the fact that he's an ace recruiter and has developed some of these defensive backs at Kentucky to get drafted to the NFL goes to show uh, the type of coach that Michigan is getting out of him, John.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, he's done a good job both as a developer and on the field, and I think Michigan was able to hire him uh, pretty quickly just because it was uh, – you know, he's, he's been on Harbaugh's mind for a while, I think. he I don't think he was officially offered when uh, Michigan was, was searching for a defensive backs coach after Mike Zordich left, um, but he was on the shortlist then. He was on the shortlist before. Um, They're looking for a secondary coach, so I think, you know, this time the, the timing just worked perfectly perfectly for both sides, and I think, uh, you know, they got one of the rising stars in the industry who's who's done a really good job at Kentucky. He's... He's improved their secondary a lot. So I think he's kind of the best of both worlds here.
0: Yeah, he is definitely an up and comer in the business. Michigan State made a run for him earlier this offseason, too. Mel Tucker tried to get him on his coaching staff, it sounded like. So, really good addition to the coaching staff. Um, it, it's it really goes to show how quick all of this really gets done with the linguist departure getting Klink in. And you were right earlier how. The, the announcement was made before our podcast was even posted. I was sitting there. I was like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Like I didn't think it would be that fast, but uh, it really goes to show how fast some of these things can develop from time to time. Um, let's take a deeper look at the recruiting aspect though, as well. Um, just for example, the top two players that Clink ever recruited to Kentucky during his time there are from the state of Michigan, Justin Rogers and Mark McCall, you might Remember those two guys from a few cycles ago, two real good linemen prospects coming out of high school. But, uh, you know, some of these guys in this class, this 22 class um, that Michigan is in on, Clink has been recruiting while he was at Kentucky. Um, he did end up getting a commitment from a Michigan target, four-star linebacker Keaton Wade, And uh, he was also after a guy that we've talked about a lot here on this podcast. And that is three-star cornerback Miles Pollard, who has been very open about how much he loved the clink hire for Michigan. And I I thought Michigan led before clink scale came to town, John, but now I really believe Michigan is ahead of the pack. What say you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it only uh, improves Michigan stock in, in his eyes. I think Klinkscale is getting, uh, you know, dipping his toe more into the state of Tennessee, this cycle where Pollard is from. So I think he's gaining some more experience there. And I think he really connected with uh, Pollard and his family. So I think it's, you know, Michigan was already sitting really well. And, uh, you know, before Scale made the move, it, it seemed like Kentucky was kind of moving up the board and was going to make a run at him. But now that you bring Klinkscale to Michigan, it just co- kind of combines the appeals of both schools of that. And I think Pollard said that, you know, Clink was one of the best uh, was one of the coaches he had the best relationship with. So I, th- I think it's a matter of time with Pollard. I know he's coming up for a June visit, I think on the 11th. So uh, I think he could yep. be even on image watch there.
0: I think so too. Cause when that news was official, I reached out to miles Pollard said, you know, how, how big is this for Michigan that they hired, a coach that you're very familiar with. And he said that it was huge and that they, they talk a lot. And I just asked him straight up if this increased Michigan's place on his top list. And he, he gave me the shrug emoji and said, can't tell you that yet. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but I would imagine that at this point in time, Michigan probably leads for miles Pollard, uh, not, not just because of the clink hire, but it definitely helped. Uh, If anything, it definitely did not hinder Michigan's chances of landing him, Um, but certainly something to look uh, at moving forward, especially with his, um, his official visit coming up here very soon. So let's talk about Keaton Wade, though, for a sec, John. I mentioned him briefly uh, a little bit earlier, a four-star linebacker prospect that Michigan was on uh, before he committed to Kentucky. Now it sounds like it's kind of a package deal because he committed with his brother, his twin brother, who is a quarterback prospect. It didn't really seem like Michigan was interested in his brother at the quarterback position. Do you think at this time with the clink hire that they'll kind of reevaluate things because of how much they liked Keaton Wade originally, or do you kind of think that this is all set in stone at this point?
1: Yeah, that was uh, one thought that I had, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how much pull, you know, clink skill have being the new guy in staff and being like a defensive back coach, that's pretty far away from the offense and the quarterback position. So I'm not sure how much, you know, input he'll have in, in, making Destin way to take for the program. Um, But I I think he would, if Michigan decided to pursue those, those two, I think uh, they would have a pretty good shot because Michigan was recruiting Keaton Wade, the linebacker for a while and uh, was one of the top targets, but it just always kind of seemed like a moot point if they weren't going to offer his brother uh, since they're twins and are pretty clearly going to go to the same school. So uh, if, if uh, Clean Scale was able to to convince Matt Weiss and Josh Gaddis that they to take Destin, then I could see it changing. But I think they'd have to strike out on their other targets, uh, maybe even singular target, just Nate Johnson, um, before they they kind of pursued those other options.
0: Yeah, I kind of think that that ship has sailed, and and for good reason. You don't want to waste your time, and you don't want to waste the kids' time either. So I would anticipate them probably. Even with the clink addition, he was obviously very integral in their decision to commit to Kentucky. So kind of feel bad for them at this point. But I I don't think Michigan would revisit it unless for some reason they um, strike out with some of their other quarterback prospects that are on the board. Nate Johnson being really that tip top guy. um, I would not anticipate much going from there. Now, when it comes to some of these other prospects that Michigan is in on in this class. Uh, obviously they uh, Walter Nolan, for example, being the number two overall player uh, in the country number one defensive tackle. He's from the state of Tennessee. And you mentioned how Klink's presence in the state of Tennessee has kind of increased with this recruiting cycle. And In my opinion, I think it would be a good idea to kind of throw clink into the recruitment of some of these kids, especially the top prospects like Walter Nolan, who's from the state of Tennessee, very well uh, familiar with the likes of Sean Nua, Mike McDonald, obviously Will Johnson, the cornerback, commit five-star player that Michigan has already in its 22 class. I think it might be good to get clink familiar with some of these other top prospects that they're in on uh, just because a, he is a really good recruiter and has proven that over the years during his time at Kentucky B in my opinion, to get another defensive coach in on a guy like Nolan kind of just goes to show that they want the entire defensive coaching staff to be in on a kid like that really makes him a priority. And it can definitely not her in my opinion, especially if it's a recruiter like clink, um, now, there are a few other guys that you could probably throw them in on um, in in regards to Um, Some of these other defensive prospects like Marquise Groves, Killebrew being a guy we've talked about recently, a top 100 cornerback. He'll probably want to familiarize himself with him, given that he's going to be in on an official visit next month as well. Maybe a Sebastian Cheeks recruitment, a Justin Finkley recruitment. Uh, You can't really go wrong. Jaden Gold being a guy that we've talked about ad nauseum um, has held off on a commitment. Uh, has not even scheduled a visit to my knowledge at this point to Michigan, but uh, definitely I think it would be a good idea to throw him in on some of these higher end defensive prospects that they're in on in their recruitments. Uh, Nolan obviously being the the cream of the crop there as the number two overall player. But uh, what do you think of my potential strategy there? I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but if I were Michigan trying to uh, increase the recruiting game uh, kind of just you know, with Clink coming in and them kind of changing up some of the uh, positions with uh, Asian Larkins and uh, Christina Deruder coming onto the staff now really looks like they're honing in on the recruiting aspect of things. I think throwing Clink on every defensive prospect that you would want, I think that would go a long way.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it never hurts to have an extra guy uh, chipping in on a recruitment. I think that they kind of had, Linguist doing that, too, with a lot of defensive prospects. You know, he was helping out with Nolan because he had those uh, connections, specifically in Memphis. So, I think he was uh, kind of a secondary recruiter there. So, uh, I think Clink should try to try to replicate that as well. You know, Marquis Groves Killebrew was uh, a guy that Linguist was connecting with, and, and he came out and said already that he's still going to come up for a visit, which is good news for Michigan. Um, so, we'll hopefully... Clink uh, can keep uh, that relationship going too throughout the transition. So, um, you know, Cheeks is a Midwest guy. He's from Illinois. So I'm sure Clink has uh, recruited in that state before. I'm not sure how him and like Vince Marrow split it up, but I, I bet he's uh, gone into that state before. So I think he definitely has the versatility to, to recruit, you know, all the different positions and even, uh, you know, there's guys like, Amir Herring, who went to West Bloomfield, he's an offensive lineman, but he was being recruited by Klink because he's from the state of Michigan and that was his territory. So even some offensive guys have uh, relationships with him too, especially if they're in state. So just wherever he has experience, I think you can throw him at a guy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think you make a good point about a guy like Amir Herring who, I mean, at this point it looks like he's a Michigan lean with the crystal balls and everything that he's been saying about the Wolverines, everything like that, Uh, obviously uh, being well-connected with Ron Bellamy, I would imagine that Klink would get in on that recruitment as well, given his ties to the state of Michigan. And he's probably very familiar already with a kid like Herring. So yeah, I I'm with you. I think uh, it, it would be a good strategy and it would be nice to see if they're really, really trying to hone in on the recruiting aspect of things like they've been trying to do at least with the, the switch up of, of the titles for, for Larkin and or Larkins and some of these other folks on the staff. Um, I think that would go a, a pretty decently long way here. So, um, John, any other final thoughts about uh, this Clint hire recruiting uh, with him? Anything in general?
1: Uh, speaking of West Bloomfield, it kind of seems weirdly that the one guy that the, the hired hasn't really helped with was Dylan Tatum who uh, was going to commit to Michigan, it seems like, soon, but then, because he was really into linguists, but then uh, pushed it back because of the Klink hire. And, you know, it kind of seems like him and Klink didn't get off in the right foot when he was recruiting in like Kentucky. I don't know what went down there um, or anything, but uh, I know, like, Ron Bellamy's, you know, talking him up and telling me he's going to be his position coach more often than Klink's, But And I still think mm-hmm. he'll end up, going to Michigan just because of that factor. And he has a bunch of teammates on the team. Um, But I think I just thought it was funny that the guy who's, you know, one of the bigger leans to Michigan, it actually uh, made him take a step back, even though I still think they'll get him in the fold.
0: Yeah, that was interesting seeing that reaction from Dylan Tatum. And there was a story on uh, the Michigan insider. I think Sam Webb wrote that one uh, was a free article on there uh, detailing how, how, he, I mean like he had the commitment video ready he was ready to make his commitment and then that changeup happens and not really sure do you know why I mean it sounded like Tatum it sounds like he's being recruited to play safety so I'm not sure exactly why the corner coach would uh would, would be well, so think, important there
1: I think they're targeting him for that nickel position which is kind of like a hybrid you know it's for some package you can play quarterback or safety, um, depending on, you know, what the assignment is. So he could see some time being coached up by Plank, but I think Bellamy is telling him, like, you know, he'll be in the room for the majority of the time with him as a safety. So I guess it just depends on the scheme.
0: Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, some positional flexibility there then, it sounds like. So I, I, I can certainly see why uh, he would be a little concerned. I mean, I kind of detailed it last week. A little bit with you know if I were a kid and seeing all these coaching changes I, I would be a little concerned I would at least take a step back and want to learn more about everything going on and I feel like that's probably what Tatum is doing he's going to do his due diligence and I agree with you I think he'll end up in Michigan's class at some point if they still want him to join their class which I would anticipate them wanting to he's a four-star in-state prospect with his former high school football coach on the roster or on the coaching staff, I should say. Um, it just seems like a, a, a walk in the park recruitment there, quite frankly. So I would, I would say to any skeptical Michigan fans there, give it time. I think things will go the way that you would probably want it to go at some point. Um So, yeah, I mean, I, overall, I would say solid hire. With Clink Scale, I think it's going to help recruiting immediately, and uh, I would anticipate the state of Ohio being uh, a heavy point of of uh, contact there for him as well. So, John, any other final final thoughts before we move on here?
1: Uh, nope, I think that's everything.
0: Okay, well, we will uh, take a break, and we're going to talk uh, on the other side of the break. About a defensive player in the transfer portal that looks like Michigan may lead with. So stick around; we'll talk about that in just a minute. But for now, we're going to talk about our sponsor here on Maze Brew Podcast, and that is Homefield, the premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear. So they really do not screw around when it comes to their designs. And the team over at Home Field, they study every school's history, traditions, legacies. And with all of that, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some really great Michigan original designs you won't find anywhere else, whether it's T-shirts, crewnecks, whatever it is, they've got it. If you're looking for some of that vintage apparel, Go over to homefieldapparel.com today. Use our promo code MNB to get 20% off the entire first order. So if you want to order three things, five things, you don't have to just order one thing. You can get multiple things. You'll get it all 20% off. Homefieldapparel.com. Go there today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Let's finish today's podcast discussing a guy in the transfer portal who Michigan is taking a very close look at, and that is former Oregon State defensive tackle Jordan Whitley. He's listed at six foot one. 358 pounds so he really fits the bill for what Mike McDonald is looking for out of that D tackle position in his scheme that he is bringing to Ann Arbor um in a little bit of concern here though John uh Whitley sat out the entire 2020 season uh, doctors discovered a tumor on his heart and uh it sounds like he has since recovered from that but other than that, he has also had his fair share of injuries throughout his career. So a little bit of concern there. Believe it or not, Whitley was a running back coming out of high school. He signed with San Jose State, but due to academic issues, never actually played there. So he went to the JUCO route, signed with Laney College, and he suffered a season-ending injury early in his career there. It sounded like it was a torn ACL. It was during that recovery process from that uh, season ending injury where his eating habits kind of went downhill. He put on a lot of weight. That's when he switched from being a running back to being a D tackle permanently. So after two seasons at Laney college transferred to Oregon state, and it is there in 2019 where he racked up 14 tackles and three and a half tackles for loss uh, during that 2019 season, obviously then sat out all of last year with that, uh, uh, with that tumor discovered on his heart. Um As of right now, John, he only has one other offer to his name. That is the University of Alabama, Birmingham. But he has also reportedly had discussions with Ole Miss and Tennessee. Um, With all this said, Sam Webb and Steve Lorenz have both put in crystal balls for Michigan to land Whitley. And Webb interviewed him recently. And Whitley admitted Michigan's number one right now. So at this point, John, I would be absolutely floored if michigan didn't end up landing him what say you
1: yeah i think i liked reading that interview he did with sam webb just because he was very uh frank and open about his process and everything and he basically just said you know i'm interested in schools that are interested in me and michigan you know was one of the first to contact me and so you know i'm obviously looking them at an option because they're one of the only two schools to uh to offer me so he didn't really sugarcoat it and just like yeah I don't care where it is if I make it to the NFL I'll have to travel all over so uh Michigan made the effort so I'm gonna you know reciprocate that interest so um I think that Michigan put themselves in a good spot by being so quick to to be on him before the other schools and grabbing his attention and you know there's there's a lot of question marks about his his game you know you you recap. Uh, you know, a lot of his, his path to getting here and all the twists and turns. And so, you know, I wouldn't be expecting him to be like a a starter even um, or getting a ton of snaps So maybe just a guy for depth that you can put in, you know, 10, 20 snaps a game and give you um, good, you know, solid B-plus type play, kind of like, like Matt Godin. You remember him back in yep. like the 2016 team? You know, he was technically a starter, but he was more of a, you know, guy – that would just, you know, maintain a, a, a solid floor and, uh, you know, not uh, maybe not make a ton of game-breaking plays, but can do his job and stick to his assignment. So I think that's what kind of they're looking for in Whitley here.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I would anticipate them kind of being, um, or he, he would end up being a depth piece as well. Um, you know, to me though, John, I, I'll be honest, this is one of those recruitments where you want to trust the coaching staff as much as possible. There's obviously some potential with Whitley, but there are just so many red flags when it comes to Michigan, possibly taking him in as a transfer. Obviously it would only be for one season. So not really a huge deal in the grand scheme of things. This is actually going to be his seventh year uh, in college. So uh, again, a grad transfer one, one and done kind of thing for Whitley, but with the injury history, with the heart condition, I would be really cautious here in this recruitment if I were Michigan, but if they think it's safe to take him in and all these issues are behind him, um, then yeah, Whitley would definitely add depth to the defensive tackle position. He would compete with the likes of Donovan Jeter mozzie smith those kinds of guys the true freshmen that they brought in um but i don't think that this would not be like a mike dana-esque edition where he comes in he's going to rack up the stats he's going to make game-changing plays consistently he's going to be doing the dirty work as a six foot one 358 pound human being would would probably do probably not going to uh put up 10 tackles a game he's not going to be that kind of player he would be a depth guy whether he starts or not is to be determined, but at at the very least he would, he would be competition for the other guys. He would be able to kind of just fill in where he needs to be filled in at maybe groom along these true freshmen, Um, you know, like Ray Sean, Benny, Ike, Iwana, some of these other defensive tackles that they're going to probably be relying on uh, sooner rather than later um, to put it in, in, in a nice way. So again, not, it's not it wouldn't be a flashy pickup by any means john it, he would be doing the dirty work he, he's not going to put up uh, eye popping stats on uh, uh on the box score but at the end of the day it would be a decent depth piece here if all of the, you know the heart condition the injury and the academic issues that he had uh early in his uh, college career if all those are behind him then then yeah, I think this would be a decent addition. Are, are you concerned at all with with any of this stuff going on with him?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it doesn't concern me too much. I think he's kind of figured it out by this point. You know, he's older than a lot of other recruits, you know, I think he's 26 or 25, which is uh, probably be the oldest kind of team. So I think he's matured now. And I think he has a sight set on, you know, continuing his football playing career. So I think he could, he'll be able to handle it, and it, you know it kind of reminds me of the the Willie Allen transfer, you know, in that he was a guy that signed out of high school, had to go the JUCO route, then went to a school, uh, and then uh, you know wanted to get his chance to prove it at a at a bigger stage at Michigan, and you know he wasn't really expected to be a starter, um, but more to push the other guys, and you know. Like we saw with Allen, you know, he transferred out once it was likely wasn't really going to um, see a lot of playing time and, you know, no harm, no foul on Michigan's part here. So, uh, you know, if it's only a one-year uh, scholarship. It kind of reminds you just signing like a one-year deal in baseball or something. You know, it, that's the adage is there's no what bad one-year contracts because, you know, you're just, you can just wash your hands after it. So I think it's a good guy to, to take a – a risk on and uh you know if if it doesn't pan out then whatever you just have the scholarship available for the next year
0: let me turn the conversation just a smidge here john the fact that i mean they've been looking for help defensively in the portal for months and they've had uh, their names in into they threw their name into the ring for several of these you know higher end defensive guys um you know, Jordan To'o, To'o being probably the biggest one. They were never going to get him being an SEC kid who uh, wound up at Alabama uh, from Tennessee. But there were a few of these other guys that, that they were in on that, for whatever reason, didn't really seem like they showed mutual interest. Now, Jordan Whitley, he's been reached out to by a few schools, only has two offers, with Michigan being one of them, UAB being the other. Obviously, Michigan is the top choice for him it would be a no brainer for him to go to Michigan because it presents the best opportunity. He's going to be a, I mean, Michigan, let, let's just, you know, put it in easy terms here, Has better facilities, better everything than UAB does. There's, there's no question about that. Do you find it concerning at all that it took this long into the off season for them to even get a, a recruit in the transfer portal where he openly admits that, yeah, Michigan, Michigan's the leader in my recruitment. Now they were like the first school to reach out to me. Um, do you find it concerning at all that th- this is the guy and I'm not trying to bash Jordan Whitley by any means. I, I, I assume that he is a fine young man that is capable of playing the defensive tackle position, but do you find it concerning or just interesting at all that this is, uh, the kid that they, in, in my opinion, they probably will end up uh, getting, but it, that this is the kid that they are competing with uh, at, at the highest level. Cause all these other guys, the linebacker from Western Michigan a- ended up going to Arizona, didn't end up getting him uh, Diallo, the D tackle from CMU. I still don't think he even found a, a no, new I'm school. He's, yeah. it, I mean, all of these guys that they've went after, and this is the guy that they, I, that I assume they're going to land. It's just interesting to me, John is all.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's been really going on, Um, how interested these other guys have been in Michigan or not. You know, they'll offer someone, but they'll end up going somewhere else. You don't really hear, like, if they've been pursuing the person a lot, like going after him hard, or if they just kind of offered him and didn't think he was as good of a fit as some other schools did. So, you know, this one with Whitley kind of strikes me as maybe Courtney Morgan had something to do with it here. He's a West Coast kid from like the Bay Area. Um, San Jose State offered him uh when he's coming out of JUCO and UCLA had interest. I'm not sure where uh Morgan was at that point when he's coming out, but either school had at least some interest in him. So it makes me think that he's evaluated Whitley before and liked what he saw. So that's kind of where I'm co- where I think the interest is coming from is that Courtney Morgan uh connection to the West Coast. So maybe he just has seen him and remembered him from previous cycles and liked his game and is willing to take a chance on him. So that would kind of be my theory.
0: It probably is. And I hadn't even really thought about that. If I'm being honest with you, with the whole Courtney Morgan, West coast connection, it's very possible. I mean, he's been out. Whitley has on the West coast uh, for his entire career and obviously if he uh leaves the West Coast it'll be because of a, a West Coast guy like Courtney Morgan I, I would assume is is probably uh, one of the main ones who he uh, has been in connection with there but yeah just certainly interesting that uh, Michigan is now making headway with a player in the transfer portal after about six months of them really trying to go after some I, I just recall all of these guys that we were breaking down in the portal that Michigan was reaching out to, uh, there was the D tackle from Penn state and there were some other guys thrown in the mix there, but nothing really materialized until now. And it just came out of nowhere. I mean, it, and it developed quick. So, um, you know, uh, John will be interested to see if, if this podcast ends up getting posted before Whitley even commits to Michigan at this point, just kind of like the whole clink thing from last week. I I I know that in the article with Webb it said that he was looking to do it within a couple weeks, but in my opinion, I wouldn't be shocked if it ends up happening sooner.
1: Yeah, with our luck, it probably won't. <laughs> recording. Um, it so it who would doesn't. be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, he may be waiting for, you know, some more interest or, you know, other schools to, uh, end up offering him. So who knows? I think he could, uh, I could see him taking a visit to Michigan and then committing after that, but I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, we certainly will see any any other final thoughts, John, on, uh, on the transfer portal here or just anything, uh, recruiting wise that uh, we've kind of discussed in this segment here in general.
1: Uh, no, not really. I think we covered it all.
0: Well, we hope to have uh, Stephen back next time. Little housekeeping note here: uh, we will not be back next week. I am going to be out of town, indulging in the streets of Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, if you uh, if you spot me there, say hi. Uh, you no reason for you to recognize me whatsoever. But in the event it happens and you live in Nashville, come say hi. But we will be back the following week. Uh, but until then. Uh, I am Vaughn Lozon. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend?
1: At Simmons underscore John.
0: And follow Mason Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Insta, all that stuff. And uh, be sure to uh, go to the YouTube channel as well. Give Stephen Ossentoski's work a subscription a like all that good stuff we would really appreciate it trying to grow that youtube channel and uh, with every video every subscription every like uh, that that just keeps happening so thank you for all that support and the continued support and be sure to subscribe to all of the podcasts here on the maize brew podcast network give us five stars all that good stuff we'd really appreciate it so again we'll be back uh, in a couple weeks with the next edition of future brew here for john simmons I am Von Lozon. We'll talk to you then. Go Blue.